The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. A big win for privacy and civil liberties at the D.C. Court of Appeals. The court ruled the police can't use a Stingray cell phone tracker to find a suspect's location without a warrant. It's the fourth time a court has found that police use of a Stingray without a warrant violates the Fourth Amendment. Joining us to discuss the case is George Newhouse, a partner at Denton's and a former federal prosecutor. George, first describe what the Stingray does. June, the Stingray is a fascinating piece of uh, technology developed apparently by CIA and military types for use in overseas theaters. But basically what it does is it imitates uh, cell phone towers, which is to say it will send out a signal, communicate with cell phones in the area, and make the cell phones think, they've been called dumb devices by some judges, uh, that they're communicating with a cell phone tower and that enables the Stingray device, after it captures this information from your cell phone, to help the police determine your precise location. So basically, it converts a cell phone into a tracking device, and uh, and in it with conventional directional uh, tracking, the police sit in with this little device, and they can move around and determine with um, much greater accuracy than is available otherwise from the, the cell phone towers, the precise location, including in some cases, and in case the, the D.C. case, the precise location of the suspect um, who was in an apartment or a house. Bloomberg Law is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. So, George, is this in this case that uh, in D.C., was this a typical use of a stingray? In, in this case, uh, if I understand it correctly, they didn't know who the person was who was the alleged perpetrator, and they uh, used the device not just to uh, find the person but also to figure out who, in fact, he was. Well, the device doesn't help them figure out who he was. You are right. The police did not know the identity of the, uh, in this case, a, a inaptly named Prince Jones was uh, had assaulted uh, several uh, ladies of the evening, escorts, um, uh, accosted them, uh, made arrangements to meet them, uh, then robbed them and, uh, and, and committed other crimes. They did not know who he was. They, they knew who the victims were. And the victims provided their cell numbers, but they knew his cell phone number. It was a disposable phone, so there was no subscriber information that could be obtained, as normally they would do. Um, So it wasn't until the police um, identified his location and arrested him in possession of both his cell phone and um, and the victim's cell phone they were able to identify him. So, George, tell us about the court's ruling. So the court uh, applied a conventional Fourth Amendment analysis, which is to say, is the use of this technology clearly something, again, that would never have been contemplated by the founders uh, when they uh, enacted the Fourth Amendment? Uh, And they said, the court said, following, I might add, a number of other courts, including a, a court of appeals in Maryland and a couple federal courts of appeals, 
and determine. The first question is, was this a search? Is the use of this technology to capture information from a cell phone without these, obviously, the customer's permission or consent, is that a search? And if it was a search, in this case, the D.C. police curiously did not have a warrant. They could have, the court pointed out, obtained a warrant. It had plenty of time. Uh, and if there was a search because it was without a warrant, it violated the Fourth Amendment. The court uh, went through the analysis and determined using the traditional invasion of privacy test uh, that um, it was a search uh, and that uh, for that reason it suppressed all of the evidence and this um, notorious criminal uh, goes free. George, well, I just have a, a follow-up. Does it seem like a technicality because the appeals court ruled that the, if the police had used the stingray on one of the victim's phones, which the defendant had, instead of the defendant's, the search would have been legal because the victims consented to the search? It, it was a technicality, and that, that argument was made below because, recall, the, the perpetrator, Prince Jones, had not only his cell phone that he used to establish this liaison, uh, but the victim's cell phones. It was unclear, reading the uh, the Superior Court's decision and the Appellate Court decision, however, whether or not they were able to track the location. Had they been able to track the location by pinging or using the uh, stingray and determine the location of the victim's phones, then it would not have been a Fourth Amendment violation. Uh, but the court was not able to determine that. So, yes, a technicality, uh, but the important principle really, which is the principle of law here, is that this technology is highly invasive and probably does intrude upon a reasonable ex expectation of privacy. I think those of us who have cell phones uh, who do not expect that the government is going to be able to use these uh, cell phones to track our location uh, at any given time, at least without uh, a warrant, probable cause and a warrant. Well, George, isn't the flip side of that argument or the argument that prosecutors made uh, something along the lines of, you know, hey, when I have a, a cell phone and I'm using it, I uh, do assume that I am giving away uh, at least some location data because my, my cell phone company is is acquiring that data. So does that affect the, the, the analysis of what is a reasonable expectation of privacy? A great question. It certainly uh, factors into the analysis as to whether or not the holder of the cell phone has a reasonable expectation of privacy. Curiously, in the oral argument, according to the opinion, uh, the government argued, well, look, uh, we all know, and June, of course, is a great fan of using media clips to prove her various points. And they said, look, we all know from TV uh, shows that uh, people who have these burner phones destroy them. We all know that the cell phones can be used to track our location, and therefore, you know, the, the defendant was on notice. I don't think that argument really carries enough water, because just because we may realize that technology exists does not necessarily dissipate uh, a reasonable expectation of privacy. And again, remember, the, the victim is using the phone, and when the phone is being called, yet you do know that numbers and certain information is being relayed to a, uh, a cell phone provider. Uh, but what you don't realize, most of us, and I didn't before this case, is that when my cell phone is sitting on my desk, quiet, I'm not using it. It is, however, silently communicating with cell phone towers, and now we know uh, pseudo-fake cell phone towers that might be operated by the police, uh, and information is being exchanged. I did, look for, I, did look, 
I did look for some clips, George. I couldn't find any <laughs> this morning. I'll, fi- I'll find some yet. Um, I'm sure you will. Many state and local law enforcement agencies apparently sign agreements with the manufacturer of the device to keep their use of it secret. And some, you know, senators even who were questioned didn't know whether their state had had this was use- were using these. Should there be this shroud of secrecy around police use of these stingrays? The answer is no, and, and, and frankly, the cat, as it were, is out of the bag here. Uh, for the last few years, and previously, when this was a big secret, it was mainly a secret that was perpetrated by the FBI, by the way. The federal agencies were the first ones to use this device, and they were sharing the technology with the local departments on the condition that the local departments do not disclose that what they view as a key investigative tool Um, And, in fact, there was some criticism in some of the press and media about earlier courts, uh, the police departments not being forthcoming with defense lawyers. Um, I think that's now gone. It's it's widespread knowledge that this Stingray device is out there and that the uh, state, local, federal agencies are using it, frankly, with significant uh, currency. It is interesting now that DOJ policy, however, requires a federal use uh, federal law enforcement to obtain a warrant before they employ the stingray to uh, detect location of cell phones. George, how practically difficult is it for police to get a warrant? It, it just based on the facts of the, the Jones case, it seems like uh, they would have had a pretty good case to get a, a search warrant uh, against against that phone. Great question. The answer is it's not difficult for the local authorities to obtain warrants, and one would and one does ask why they didn't go to the trouble of getting one in the Prince Jones case. Um, All the local authorities are set up, in fact, in many cases in most states, including California. uh, A telephone warrant can be obtained. Uh, We have a lot of judges, and certain judges get a duty. They have to stand by at all hours of the day and night and be available to police to get these what we call expeditious warrants out. So they are available, and frankly, there was probably uh, an insufficient reason in this case why the uh, D.C. Metro Police did not attempt to obtain the warrant, they certainly had sufficient cause or probable cause. George, we know the Supreme Court is considering another cell phone issue. Tell us about that and whether any decision there would have an impact on warrants for stingrays. A great question. Yes, the Supreme Court currently has before it, in a case called the United States versus Carpenter, um, a, a very similar Fourth Amendment issue. In Carpenter, what's being obtained uh, without a warrant is uh, what's called location data, the location of cell phone towers, um, uh, so that basically with a court order or arguably with a subpoena, a law enforcement can go to your carrier and get not real-time but data that will show where, what your general location was. And again, the cell phone data there, it doesn't pinpoint what building you're in, but it, it will indicate what neighborhood or what cell phone tower you are utilizing at any given time. There are many people, including our friends at the Civil Liberties Union, American Civil Liberties Union, who believe that that also uh, should require a, fourth, uh, a, a, a search warrant under the Fourth Amendment. The Supreme Court has scheduled, I believe, uh, a hearing for that case, very interesting case, in October. Uh, but the difference there is it's not, first of all, it's not real-time data. Um, so it isn't data that is going to indicate where you are at the instant, and it's not specific enough. Uh, we're not dealing with a situation as we were in Prince Jones, where the police are actually communicating, in a sense, electronically inv- in- invading your cell phone. 
So the argument in Prince Jones for a Fourth Amendment violation, I think, is much stronger than in the uh, Carpenter case that will be heard by the Supreme Court very shortly. And I expect that we'll do a broadcast on it, June. Absolutely. Uh, another question about the Supreme Court case. So um, in that case, there's there's this federal law that probably most people haven't heard of called the Stored Communications Act. Can, can you tell us about that and to what extent that might uh, give the government another argument for why why it might not need a warrant in that sort of case? Well, because Congress has, in fact, you're correct, had, has acted, it's passed this statute, uh, the, the Section 2703 of the Stored Communications Act provides a, a mechanism for the government to obtain this information from courts, and again, on a showing less than probable cause. Uh, so that's better because at least you have congressionally authorized activity. Uh, but the Fourth Amendment uh, regulates acts of Congress as well as uh, unilateral acts by the police. So the fact that Congress has okayed this particular uh, provision, uh, it does not necessarily mean that it comports with the Fourth Amendment. It, it's a strong argument in its favor, however. So, George, they could appeal this to ask for an um Actually, George, thank you so much for being on Bloomberg Law. As always, on one of our favorite guests, that's George Newhouse, a partner at Denton's. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.